Welcome to the Reaching Forward Podcast. Welcome to filling your bucket with blessings. We have the fourth blessing this evening. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And that's what we'd like to speak on this evening is full filled. Let's pray. Lord, have your way in this Bible study. Deal with us through your word and by your spirit. And we ask these things that it would be a blessing to someone this evening. Amen. In the Old West, three men showed up for a much sought-after job as the driver for a stagecoach, which is a horse-drawn carriage. The employer told the first man of the three, Okay, show me what you got. So the first man said, Indeed I will, sir, and took off in a cloud of dust, headed straight for a nearby cliff on the stagecoach. Just before he went over the cliff, he turned sharply and it kicked a bunch of rocks and dirt over the side of the cliff. Came back, jumped off the stagecoach and said, How was that? And the employer's eyes were big like saucers the second man said that's nothing watch this he jumped in the stagecoach seat grabbed the reins and said yeah and the horses took off headed for the same cliff at an increasing speed the second driver turned with such a skill kind of like a power slide that two wheels of the stagecoach actually hung off the cliff face for about a second or two before the horses and his expert driving pulled it back on. As he jumped off, he kind of dusted himself off and he said, let's see someone beat that. The third man just kind of shrugged his shoulders and began to walk away. The employer said, hey son, don't you want to try out for the job? The man replied, no, no, sir, I don't think so. I thought the idea was to stay away from the cliffs. The employer said, son, you got the job. <laughs> Being fulfilled. And really, we look at this, this uh, scripture and it has a lot to do with desire. But it has a lot to do, why do we have desires to do things? Why do they take us near the cliff sometimes, right? But we have desires because those desires, they they lead us to, with the promise, if we follow them, we will be fulfilled. A lot of times they can take you off the cliff. Well, this Bible study is called full-filled, and that comes from an old English word, which is uh, full and then F-Y-L-L-A-N, which means to fill, literally to full, fill, or to fill full. I believe that all of us are looking for something. And I believe we're looking to be filled up with something. Well, you know, you can't fill something uh, up that has an exterior, uh, like something tangible, if it's a desire in your heart. It has to be a spiritual fulfillment. Jesus is full. John chapter 1 and verse 14 said he's full of grace and truth. And then in John chapter 15 and verse 10, he said, 
If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Have you ever seen someone joyful? It means you're experiencing, causing, or showing joy, right? But it's really kind of like joyful. The Bible says that thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. You see, when you're full of something, what's on the inside begins to show on the outside. Have you seen someone who's full of thanks? They're thankful, and you can see it. How about if they're great? Full, you can see it. How about if they're full, filled? Well, if you're filled, I believe that others would be able to see that desire accomplished, which the Bible said is sweet to the soul in your life. So let's look at three things in this scripture. Let's look at first the action. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Now, this is a double expression. To hunger and thirst means exactly that. It's an intense desire. To be hungry or thirsty. You know, other things don't begin to matter. And I live in America. We're very fortunate to live in this country. I don't know really what it's like to, to really to starve or to be at thirst to the point of, of dying. But it's a powerful motivator. But I know in America, the most we probably know about it in a lot of America is it can make you grumpy. If you don't have food or something cold to drink for a while, it can make you grumpy. Have you ever heard there's a word for it called hangry? It means hungry and angry. But it's a powerful motivator, isn't it, to hunger and thirst after something. And that's really a desire. See, the fourth blessing builds on the first three. In the first blessing, we're poor in spirit. We, we realize we can't do anything with, without God. The second one, we begin to mourn. We begin to regret or grieve for the sin or grieve for other people that are away, for God, the, away from God. The third blessing, the blessed are the meek. We, we realize that there's a humility that's created in us from the first two. These all add one onto the other. Have you realized that? You grow in these blessings. And God will grow you as your blessings grow. But we get something. We get submissive to God's will in the third blessing. And there's kind of a will for that. You know what? The, a word for that means contentment. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Content with our lot, our things our car, our wife, our husband, our job. Not that you don't want better, but you're just like, God, I'll pray for more, but I'm, there's a contentment in me. This man was envious at some of his friends, and they had luxurious homes. So he's like, I'm going to outdo them. So he put his own home on the market, and the next morning he was scouring the newspaper for the the want ads for the real estate section for the perfect house to buy. And soon he saw one for the perfect house. It was just right. He called the realtor, asked to see it as soon as possible. And the realtor was asking him some questions and then stopped. The realtor said, sir, that's your house. 
You know, there's things that promise contentment down here, but really they won't give you contentment. I watched a show on hoarders. It's kind of, uh, man, it was something else. There was a lady on the show that said, enough is enough for anything, but there is never enough for a hoarder. These are people that just pile stuff in their house. It's literally stuff piled high so there's little uh, like passageways to get from one room to the other and it's just chock full of stuff, just layers of stuff. Well, as you begin to watch the show, you realize it's not about stuff. These people have an intimate relationship with their stuff. I mean, to you or me, it looks like junk with bugs crawling on top of it, but it's so intimate that they they hold on to it to the exclusion of their relationships. And you see the marriages, and uh, one marriage breaks up after the show is filmed. Uh, In some of them, kids are uh, permanently or temporarily taken away by the Department of Children and Families because it's such an unsanitary condition. Nobody can come over and visit because it's so gross. Well, their stuff gets in the way of really important things relationships. You know, stuff is important. It's nice to have stuff, okay? But junkyards and thrift stores are full of things that promise to fill us full in years past. They didn't do the job, and now they're junk. You know, what God promises is to fill us with the fulfillment that the world can't give. In the 1880s, a few years ago, there was a young man He was an earnest Christian, and he found employment in a pawn shop. Although he disliked the work, he did it faithfully as unto the Lord, until a more desirable opportunity opened for him. To prepare himself for a life of Christian service, he wrote on a scrap of paper the following resolutions. I do promise God that I will rise early every morning to have a few minutes, not less than five, in private prayer. I will endeavor to conduct myself as a humble, meek, and zealous follower of Jesus. And by serious witness and warning, I will try to lead others to think of the needs of their immortal souls. I hereby vow to read no less than four chapters in God's Word every day. I will cultivate a spirit of self-denial and will yield myself a prisoner to the love of love, excuse me, to the Redeemer of the world. That young man was William Booth, who later led thousands to Christ as the founder of the Salvation Army. You know, it's all about desire, hungering, thirsting. I remember I used to thirst literally for soda. I tried to slow down and I had a hard time. Why? I wanted it. And I began to realize, you know, my problem isn't quitting soda. Soda's not jumping down my throat. Soda in general, Coca-Cola specifically, but it was that I wanted it. And I took it to the Lord. I said, God, change my desire. Take it away. Now he did. You see, the Bible says that when we go to God, ask and you shall receive. God took away the desire. I realized desires are motivated, motivating. The Bible said in Psalms 21 and 2, thou hast given him his 
heart's desire. You know, that I really wanted something greater than just needing to have soda. I wanted something that was going to fulfill my life. And that's what drew me to Jesus. You know, if you're really looking for God, you'll find God. You've heard it maybe has been said, you need to read your Bible every day. Well, I'm not mocking that. Well, I guess I am, right? I am mocking that. Sometimes I don't read my Bible, but I, uh, I think the real goal and motivation is the desire. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2, As newborn babes desire, hunger, and thirst after the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. You know that if we desire something, we'll do it. No one forces you to play Fortnite or to watch YouTube. You desire it. You want to click on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You desire it and you do it. No one like calls you and said, have you uh, uh, watched YouTube today? What? We just have desires and they lead us to do the things those desires promise. You know that I, I read that infants who are breastfed have reduced risk, risk of asthma, obesity, type 1 diabetes, severe lower respiratory disease, ear infections, and sudden infant death syndrome, according to the cdc.gov website. The, uh, Dr. Ruth Peterson, who's the director of CDC's Division of Nutrition, Physical Activity, and Obesity, she has said in quote, Breastfeeding provides unmatched health benefits for babies and mothers. It is the gold standard for infant feeding and nutrition, with breast milk uniquely tailored to meet the health needs of a growing baby. You know that God has uniquely tailored words to meet the health needs of a growing baby Christian and it's his word. Desire it and it will you will grow thereby. Say, well, I want to grow in God. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness and his word is truth, you'll grow. Just get the desire. The second thing, the objective is what? It's hungering and thirsting, but the second thing is righteousness. The word means equitable or the same as. To be righteous before God is to be the same as. Whoa. Well, Jesus came to succeed where Adam failed. We read in Luke chapter 4 and verse 1 that he was full of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) For Jesus to fill us, doesn't he have to be full himself? He was full of the Holy Ghost and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And we know that he was tempted there after 40 days of being hungry. Okay? He didn't eat anything for 40 days. He, it didn't say he was hangry, but he said he was hungry. And the devil came and he said, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. You know what Jesus said? You do. (laughs) Probably. And Jesus answered him saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word of God. You see, Jesus had a greater desire, and that was doing God's will. It was to succeed where Adam failed in the Garden of Eden, eating that fruit offered to him by his wife. It was where Solomon failed. The Bible said Solomon loved many strange women. Now, they weren't like weird 
talking to themselves, sticking straws up their nose. Strange means that they were of a foreign, not foreign, like carrying a foreign passport, but they served uh, other gods. It says that he had 700 wives and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. And when he was old, his wives turned away his heart under other gods. And he did evil after the, in the sight of the Lord and went not fully after the Lord. You know that that's where the problem is. When our heart is taken away from God, Jesus came to show that it's possible to go through things and still be fulfilled. You see, there came a time when the temptation was over in Luke chapter 4 and verse 14. After the devil had ended tempting uh, Jesus, notice this. And Jesus returned, not weak, not sickly, not regretting the fact that he hadn't made uh, some ciabatta bread or pizza dough from the devil's offer. It says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. He was full of God's work and will. And right desires kept him through the temptations, and they'll keep you. Paul said, but what things in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7 were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom? I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness, which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. You know that Paul said, my desire is to get God. If you hunger and thirst after God, you'll get him. And you want more, you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can have salvation through Christ by confessing Christ into your life and your heart. You can do that now. You can seek the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You want more power? Seek God. You desire God, you be full of God. The third thing, and I'm almost done, is the blessing itself. To be fulfilled with God. But the Bible said that Jesus in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30 is made unto us righteousness. You know this word won't satisfy. It won't. We know that. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. Ecclesiastes 5.10 Nor he that loveth abundance with increase This is also vanity There's a legend, and I don't know if it's true Of Alexander the Great weeping Someone asked him, why are you weeping? He said, there's no more worlds to conquer But you see, when Jesus gives us something He not only gives us something He gives us extra When he fed the 5,000 He took up extra fragments 12 baskets full When he fed 4,000 Seven baskets were full. God gives us filling, a real filling. The word filled means to literally be gorged. (laughs) You know, when you're full with God, there's an added benefit. Have you ever been really full? 
like loose in your belt. Lie on the bed like a beached whale. Uh, three spoonfuls from gluttony full. Well, maybe you haven't. But if you have, you know that if someone offers you a steak, you're like, oh, get that away. I don't even want to smell it. It's going to make me throw up. You know that you can really get a blessing. You want some insulation from temptation? Get full of God. Temptation won't be something that you're really looking for because God will meet your needs. You'll be full filled. Notice Psalm 37 and verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. That God desires to bless you. He desires that you be fulfilled. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Fulfilled. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Put that blessing in your bucket and let God fill you up. Lead a fulfilled life in Jesus' name. God bless you.